0: I'm sorry. Welcome to the shit show. I don't know. Uh, something about Craig. <laughs> he just kills me, man. but now recording. I don't. Know, it just. It makes me laugh every time, which is good. I need a good. I need a good laugh right now. Um. So Kate and I are back. Uh, oh, hopefully. Oh. Hopefully, we will start to get things back to the way they were. Um. It might take me a little bit. Um, cause okay. I still, I made a couple videos for Halloween on TikTok, but, uh, other than like, and people are, <laughs> and like, I feel bad, but I shouldn't, but like some of the comments are like, I'm so glad you're back. And I'm like, I'm not though. Right. Like I just made it for Halloween cause I didn't want my Halloween costume to go to waste because I manic made it at like midnight the night before. I mean, Hey, uh, I well, Okay. So I, I, I was Nancy. From the craft for yeah. Halloween. And the lace dress that I wore was actually a cream color when I bought it. <clears throat> and I had the fabric dye for like a month. damn one. And I just didn't... I get to it. And then Fat Boy died. And I just... I honestly didn't give a shit. And honestly, like... Halloween, it took a lot out of me for effort-wise. Because I honestly, for the first time in my life, did not care about Halloween...
1: Which is impressive as hell.
0: Uh, yeah. So I had to, like, force myself all day to do stuff for Halloween. Like, finish my costume and get ready and get candy for trick-or-treaters. Like, I didn't want to do any of that. So if that gives you any clue as to what my mental state has been. Um, so... I I made a couple videos because I was like I'm gonna do like I'm gonna do this I'm gonna I'm gonna dress up and I'm gonna make myself Nancy and I'm gonna do a couple audios and then that's it and honestly those are the hardest TikToks I've ever made and they were super easy but my brain and my heart were just not about it so like (laughs) Yeah, I don't know when I'm going to actually start doing content regularly again. I I just don't. Um, Honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that I had already researched this episode, I don't think I would have had an episode for this week. (laughs) Well, if you didn't, I have plenty of things to research, so. (laughs) Well, and luckily I had this one all written out and planned and everything. I just hadn't done it yet. And I'm glad I did because otherwise I don't think I would have had anything for this week for myself anyway. Um, Now, before I get into this, I want to first say our last couple episodes were short, which is good because this one's going to be long. Uh, It's like a lot of notes. Um, I've actually listened to other podcasts the last couple of days about this topic because i wanted to make sure that i had all the fun information in there because it's a really dark one um but i do want to put a trigger warning at the beginning it's going to have sexual assault it's going to have um the murder of children it's it's a rough one and honestly if there was any serial killer that I despise more than Richard Ramirez, it's going to be this guy. And it's Dennis Lynn Rader, <laughs> a.k.a. BTK. I will not be calling him BTK, though. Um,
1: <laughs> Be the killer.
0: Because he gave himself that name. And this guy is a loser. Well, like to be fair. Epic proportions. Like, with
1: how we've seen the media name people, it might be better that he gave himself a name.
0: Maybe, but like, we'll get into some of the other suggestions he gave the media. Um.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, we still have to remember somebody thought Jack the stripper was a great idea for a serial killer name.
0: Oh, but I like that though.
1: That one still kills me. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so for those who don't know, BTK means bind them, torture them, kill them. Um, but this guy was a real putz. Like he just, he bumbled around and fussed around his entire, this entire thing. Like he did not, he was not a good. But what's funny is, and I heard this from Morbid podcasts, So if you guys haven't heard this reference, you need to go listen to their podcast on him. Because honestly... One, I'm not going to cover it as well as they did because I hate Raider. Um, But two, because there's this one thing that they talked about. And I think it was part one because they they made it into two parts Um, where they talk about. So Raider likes to like talk about other serial killers like they're bros, like they're like he's, you know, like the son of Sam and Ted Bundy. Um, I think there was another one. (laughs) But he acted like they were, like, amigos, right? And Elena and Ash made, like, a reference that it's, like, uh, Mean Girls where they're like, You can't sit with us! Because, like, he's a loser. That's hilarious. (laughs) And that made my day. Because I was like, you know what, though? That's so accurate. (laughs) Because Raider tried to make himself cooler than he actually was. Like he was an idiot and a loser, and he he disgusts me on so many levels. Um, so yeah, I'm just gonna start from when he was young and just kind of like go from there. I kind of made a timeline. Um, <clears throat> so Dennis Lynn Raider was born on March 9th, 1945, in Pittsburgh, Kansas, to Dorothea May Raider and William Elvin Raider. Um, and he grew up in Wichita. Uh, he was the oldest of four boys. Um, both parents worked a lot. Um, and according to Dennis, they paid very little attention to them at home. And so Raider later said that he felt like he was being ignored by his mother in particular and ultimately resented her for it, which we are going to see in some of his killings later. Um I don't think you gotta have mommy or daddy issues, man. I don't know. But nope. he's he's classic mommy issues, like for real. Um now from a young age, Dennis harbored like sadistic sexual fantasies about torturing quote unquote trapped and helpless women. Um he also exhibited zoo sadism by torturing, killing, and hanging small animals. Fuck that guy. Uh, uh, Right. Uh, Dennis also acted out, like, sexual fetishes for voyeurism, auto-erotic asphyxiation, and cross-dressing.
1: Okay, Buffalo (laughs) Bill.
0: Right. Uh, He often spied on female neighbors and would dress in women's clothing, including women's underwear that he would steal, and then would masturbate to pictures of himself um dressed in these women's clothing with like ropes or other like binding material around his arms and his neck it's almost like
1: Narcissistic, you know, take
0: pictures of himself wearing female clothing, and he actually would wear a mask and a wig. Um, and later he would like say that he was pretending to be a victim as part of a sexual fantasy. Um, and the crazy thing is, people who knew Dennis. Would say that he was normal, well mannered. So like he hid this very well. It was very gacy of him to like have this but, whole other life. Or
1: kind of reminds me of like Lovely Bones. Like the he's just the nice weird no- neighbor who's all
0: alone. Right. Well, this but this guy wasn't alone. He was very gacy. So now Dennis attended Kansas Wesleyan University after high school, but you know he dropped out because he had shitty grades um he served in the united states air force from 1966 to 1970 to
1: be very um smart to be in the air force
0: yeah but he was okay so i feel like he was he he book wise he was very intelligent but like street smarts he was a moron right uh and we'll you'll see why <laughs> So upon his discharge, he moved to Park City um, and he worked in the meat department of Leaker's IGA supermarket where his mom was a bookkeeper. Now, Dennis married Paula Dietz on May 22nd, 1971, and they had two kids, Carrie and Brian. Um. Okay. Yeah. He attended Butler County Community College in El Dorado, earning an associate's degree in electronics in 1973. He then enrolled at Wichita State University and graduated in 1979 with a bachelor of science degree, majoring in administrative and administration of justice. (laughs) Um dennis initially had worked as an assembler for the coleman company which i guess was like an outdoor supply company and then he eventually worked at now get this get this at the wichita-based office of the adt security services from 1974 to 1988 where he installed security alarms as part of his job In many cases, he remembers homeowners talking to him about their concerns of the BTK killings. Yeah. Uh, Now, in 1989, Dennis was a census field operations supervisor for the Wichita area. Uh, And then in 1991, May 1991, Dennis became a dog catcher and compliance officer in Park City. Uh, in this position, neighbors said that he would sometimes be overzealous and extremely strict, as well as he was noticeably taking special pleasure in bullying and harassing single women. Uh, one neighbor even said that he killed her dog for no reason. So, he's a scumbag. Um, I don't like now, I hate I hate him in particular, but... Dennis was a member of the Christ Lutheran Church and had been elected president of the church council, and he was also a Cub Scout leader. So, let's let that sink for a second. Great. So, not only was he a family man, but he also was actively involved in the church and the Cub Scouts. And killed ten people. I mean... I wanna say, like, I
1: wanna try to not be an asshole, but like, are we really surprised?
0: No, but yes, like because like I don't wanna think about that. M- my son was in Cub Scouts.
1: My son is a Cub Scout. Um
0: now during his reign of terror that he inflicted in Wichita, Kansas. The way he um,
1: said that though. I wish y'all could see her face. Why? You just did, like, the best eye roll.
0: Well, because, like... Again, like, he just... Ugh. He's such a disgusting garbage person. He would photograph the bodies of his victims. And then would send those photos and other trophies to the police to taunt them. So, like, he... In my mind, based on what I've read and what I've listened to about Dennis... He does not have an original bone in his body. Like he can't do anything original. So for me, when I was reading about how he would write letters and taunt the police, I'm like, okay, Zodiac wannabe. Like whatever. Because everybody else took his ideas. So he's still gonna execute it because he
1: (laughs) thought of it first.
0: Yeah, I, I but I'm just like Okay, dude, what the fuck ever. <clears throat> Alright, I'm gonna do another trigger warning for this, because now I'm gonna start talking about his murders. And the first one is the worst, in my mind. Because it's not just one, it's four people. Um. So, on January 15th, 1974, Dennis broke into the home of the Otero family between, like, 7 and 8 o'clock in the morning. Um... I'm just saying,
1: if I want to get murdered, they better make it at like a decent hour, because if you wake my ass up for that shit, I'ma haunt you.
0: <laughs> well, he had a plan and he put together a hit kit, quote unquote. Which consisted of guns, cords, knives, and multiple tools that he used for like breaking and entering into the house. Um, now he cut the phone lines first. And he actually, and I'm laughing because this kind of shows what a moron he was. Um, The knife he used to cut the phone lines, he left it there. And actually went back hours later to get it. What the fuck? (laughs) Idiot. Um, Now he was, so, and then the thing that really gets me about this case is, so he did do some prepping um but it was creepy prepping. So he called the house from like the local library twice. Because he wanted to make sure that there was a woman in the house.
1: I mean, we can't let p- make people think he's gay, yo.
0: But like he he so like we're going to find out, but like he had like this sadistic bullshit where he liked to Talk to these women and have them not realize that like he was gonna kill them. Like he got off on making them think he wasn't gonna kill them. Ugh. What a weirdo- so now he was expecting to see Julie o- o- Otero Otero and her two kids, Josephine and Joseph Jr. Um, but he was surprised to see Joseph Otero. Now, he um, took out his gun and told the family that he was a wanted criminal um, because he was AWOL from the Air Force because he was wearing his Air Force parka. And so he was like, I'm a wanted criminal. I just need money and food and a car. Right. So they were like, "Okay, he's just going to rob us. It's fine. Um, I'd be like, "Okay, bye. Right, well, and Mr. Otero, Joseph, he said, you know, just, we've got money in our wallets. You can take my typewriter and then just leave. Um, but now Dennis forced the whole family into the bedroom where he tied their hands and feet together. Um, and he strangled Mrs. Otero until she passed out and assumed that she was dead. Then he moved to Mr. Otero and put a plastic bag over his head and tied it with a cord. And he also did the same thing for Joseph Jr. Um. So Joe was the first to die. Um. Big Joe or Little Joe? Big Joe. Big Joseph. Okay. Was Sorry, the first one. To die. No, you're fine. So. While all this other stuff was going on where he was putting the plastic bag on his other family's head, Joseph started, like, chewing through the plastic bag. And Dennis was like, well, this isn't going to work. So he took a rope and strangled him with it. Oh, my. Yeah. Um, And he tried to kill Mrs. Otero in the same way. Um, But like I said, she passed out. So, Joseph Jr. was next. Um, And as he was choking Joseph Jr., Julie came around like she woke up. And so, now imagine this. Joseph Jr. at the time was nine years old. And she's like begging Dennis not to kill her son. And he was like, fuck you, basically. So, he had to strangle each of them multiple times for them to die. Bro. It's okay. not, Like, you're strangling
1: them. Like, like well, his whole not- thing was, oh.
0: like, it was, I saw it on TV and thought it would be easy, but it is not easy. Blah. Um... And it's really sad because, so what he did was he ended up putting a t-shirt over Joseph Jr.'s head and then the plastic bag, another plastic bag, and then the cord. And he threw him on a bed and he strangled himself with, you know, because of the cord. And then the very last one was Josephine and she was 11 and this is the worst one. In my opinion. Okay. Now, it's horrifying that they all died. And the fact that were, there was an 11 year old. And a 9 year old involved. Just makes me sick. Um, he took Josephine to the basement. And. Put her hands behind her back. Um, took off her pants. Took off her panties. Pulled her shirt down. And put her in a hangman's noose. Wow. And her feet were only a few inches from the ground.
1: What a douche.
0: Um, And then while she was. And then he put all the rest of her clothes on a pile. In a pile by the stairs. And while she choked to death in this hangman's noose. He sat there and masturbated. yeah he's fucking foul um now later Dennis said in his confession that once he hung up Josephine he fulfilled his sexual fantasies because he left you know because that's what made him leave semen at the scene now Dennis cleaned up the house afterwards so like he had taken a drink of water at one point And so he cleaned the glass, he cleaned up all the stuff that he had tossed around pretending that he was looking for money or whatever. But he did take some souvenirs like Mr. Otero's watch and his radio, and then he went home. And then he realized, holy shit, I left the knife. (laughs) So in the middle of the day, guys, he went back, picked up the knife and left again. So he's a fucking idiot. Now, here's the thing that gets me the most, okay? So, Josephine and Joseph Jr. were not the only Otero children. They had three other ones. Charlie, who was 15, Danny, who was 14, and Carmen, who was 13. They came back home from school to find their parents. That's horrible. Okay. <clears throat> um, now, Charlie said his younger siblings had called for him in the house because they thought that their parents were playing a practical joke on them. Oh, sure. Like, I could see silly things like that. <clears throat> but then realized that their family had been brutally murdered. So, wait, why are the nine and 11 year olds still there if the others are I'm thinking that maybe because, so 13, 14, and 15, that's middle school age, right? Yeah. Well, middle school and high school. Yeah. Well, around an, an 11 could still be an elementary school kid. Fair enough. So, I'm thinking that the other kids were gone because school starts earlier for them. Okay. Um,. And so that's why the younger two were still there was because it happened between 7 and 8 a.m. So the younger ones st- might have still been there because they hadn't gotten ready to go to school yet. That's fair. That's fair. Um, and what gets me is so then Charlie had to go to his neighbor. I think it was Charlie. It was either Charlie or Danny. I can't remember which one. Went to the neighbor to call 911. Luckily, and I say that lightly, luckily they did not see their siblings. They just saw their parents dead on the on the bed in the master bedroom. Um, now later, Dennis sent a letter to the television station, KAKE, admitting that he was responsible for the Otero death. Wow. Yeah. Now, I'm laughing, but I'm not. It, murder's not funny. So, in between murders, right, he still pretended like he was the devoted dad and churchgoer. Of course he did. And he cleaned up after himself after the crime scenes, and he tried to get rid of all of his trophies. But then the dumbass kept a diary. And in detail, talked about the deaths of each of the people he killed. But he referred to them as projects. Yeah. And he dubbed his penis Sparky. <laughs> and when he would have an orgasm during the kills, he referred to it as Sparky big time. What the f- fu- That sounds
1: like something you would say to like your four-year-old. When they ask you what that noise was.
0: Right. Like, I just... I can't, sir. I can't. Now, that killing took place... In January 15th, 1974. The next murder... Was on April 4th, 1974. Uh, And Miss Catherine Bright... Now, Dennis had seen her before entering her home. And like I said, he considered these women his projects. Um, Now, the day that he broke into her home from the porch door, he hid in her bedroom. Now, around 2 p.m., she arrived home with her brother, Kevin. And he was 19 and Dennis was like, oh, shit, he was not expecting him. So Dennis came rushing out of the bedroom at gunpoint, with the gun pointing at them, saying he told them the same story that he told the Otero family: "I am a wanted criminal. I need food and money because I'm trying to run away to New York, where they can't find me." Um, now he made Kevin and Catherine go into the other room, and he ordered Kevin to tie his sister's hands and feet. Uh, he then took Kevin into the into the into a different room, and he tried to tie him up as well, but that didn't work because, like I have said, Dennis is a bumbling idiot. So Kevin actually gets into a fight with Dennis and gets very close to taking his gun from him, but Dennis was able to get a good hold of on the gun and shot Kevin in the head. Three times. Well, fuck. Um, Kevin played dead no. at this point, but he was still alive. Um, he then went back after Dennis shot Catherine. He went. Er, De- sorry. After Dennis shot Kevin, he went back to Catherine. Catherine also fought Dennis when he tried to strangle her. So he realized that strangling her was not going to work. So he started stabbing her multiple times. Which is crazy. I do have Um, to say,
1: I don't know if you saw that. uh, But when you said stabbing her multiple times, Vera goes, oh.
0: No, I didn't see that. (laughs) Um, I'm trying to see... Okay, yeah, so according to my notes, he stabbed Catherine 11 times. But she didn't survive. Um, okay,
1: and to be fair, after 11 times, I'm going to be impressed if you do.
0: Yeah, now Kevin survived, though. <clears throat> um, And he had said that, you know, Dennis had only said, hey, I just want... A money and a car. And that he wouldn't hurt us. And I was like damn. So again that just shows that he was really willing to like. Fuck with these people. Um. Now while. Catherine was being attacked. Kevin was actually able to like. Crawl out of the apartment. <clears throat> and he said that he doesn't think that. Dennis was expecting him to be able to like get loose and like run away. Um, now he ran. Now get this he ran a few blocks to his car and drove off and searched for help with three bullet wounds in his head. Um, unfortunately, which even though unfortunate. huh,
1: which is also impressive,
0: it is sadly, even though. Catherine was found alive. Um, she had multiple surgeries and blood transfusions. She still passed away at the age of 21. So she was a baby. Um, now, Kevin did describe Dennis as an average-sized guy with a bushy mustache and psychotic eyes.
1: That's fantastic description. I'm sorry.
0: It is. <coughs> Now, in, 1970, in 1974, Dennis placed the letter in a public library book taking responsibility for the killings of the Otero family. Uh, the letter actually ended up with the local newspaper, the Wichita Eagle. Um, and the note gave, you know, cops, like, I guess like some kind of idea of who they were dealing with. So part of the letter was, it's hard to control myself. You probably call me psychotic with sexual perversion hang up.
1: Sexual perversion hang up?
0: Yeah. He warned that he would strike again by saying, the code words for me will be bind them, torture them, kill them. BTK. Wow. Um, this is not the first time he tries to suggest what he's called, but we'll get, we'll get into that. Now, mind you, that was 1974. So now we're, his next murders weren't until March 17th, 1977. So he took a hiatus. Um, so... Dennis entered the home because this woman's five-year-old. <clears throat> sorry, this woman's five-year-old opened the door.
1: That's so sad.
0: Yeah. So Dennis barricaded the five-year-old and his two siblings in the bathroom. And then he strangled 24-year-old Shirley Vien. Now, initially, what got the boy to open the door was that Dennis posed as a detective. Um, and once he got in the house, Dennis turned off the TV, turned, you know, turned the blinds down, um, and that's when Shirley Vian entered the room and was like, the fuck? And that's when he ordered the children to go into the bathroom via gunpoint. And lock them inside. Now. Dennis told Shirley. That he planned on having his way with her. And he was able to make her think. That he wasn't going to rape her. And he even calmed her down. By having a glass of water. And smoked a cigarette with her. Ugh. Now while the children were in the bathroom Dennis reported that they were screaming and he so what he did was he tied up Shirley and strangled her to death by putting a cord around her neck and he (coughs) left her panties on the floor with semen on them next to her body. Um Now, years later, when he confesses, Dennis said that the phone rang, which caused him to leave early.
1: Wow. Like, so, Um, like what? Now, eventually, (laughs) the
0: children were able to leave, get out of the bathroom, and they called the police and gave, like, a vague description of Dennis. So now we're moving to <clears throat> December 8th, 1977. De- Dennis starts to stalk a 25-year-old named Nancy Fox. Um, on December 8th... <clears throat> Hold on, I gotta take a drink. I don't know what my problem is. <laughs> You're good. there we go probably gonna burp now but that's okay i mean hey (laughs) on december 8th he cut the phone line and broke into her uh duplex from the back door um because she lived alone he was able to get in no issue um and held her at gunpoint (laughs) you know this one again i'm not laughing because murder's funny i'm laughing because this guy's an idiot and because it kind of makes you uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, that's probably it. It's laughing because I'm uncomfortable. Um, he told... Dennis told Nancy that he had a sexual issue. And in order to get rid of that issue, he had to tie her up and rape her. <laughs> okay. Um, now, sh- he allowed her to, like, undress herself a little bit in the bathroom... Alone, he ordered her to come out and go into the bedroom. He then tied her up and undressed himself, and then he started to strangle her. And as he strangled her, he said, Um, oh, he's well, I'm sorry. So, first, he strangled her until she passed out, and then when she woke back up, he whispered in her ear, I killed. The four people in that family, the Oteros. I killed Shirley Vian. I'm BTK and you're next. (sighs) Her body was found later with semen on the nightgown that was next to her. Now, you want to know how she was found? Do I? (laughs) No. Uh, On his way to work. (laughs) (laughs) On his way to work for ADT, Dennis called the local police department and said, yes, you will find a homicide at 843 South Perishing. Nancy Fox. And then left the receiver dangling. So he called from a payphone, which is bananas. Um, what a dick. Yeah. Um, now on February tenth, nineteen seventy eight. Dennis was apparently very upset that he was not getting the attention that he thought he deserved. So he sent a more direct message, quote-unquote, to the (laughs) K-A-K-E-T-V. Responsibility for the Murders of the Oteros, Catherine Bright, Shirley Vian, and uh, found. Okay, so that was weird. Uh, Craig just decided to yeet himself out of the podcast. Um, fucking Craig. Uh, <laughs> always so where voice. I left off before he decided to yeet himself was... Uh, <laughs> Dennis, was- <laughs> had- Dennis was pissed off. He wasn't getting the claim to fame that he wanted. Which is so Um. Weird. So he-, he did another message to the... TV stations claiming the murders for the Oteros, Catherine Bright, Shirley Vian, and Nancy Fox. And he wrote, how many people do I have to kill before I get my name in the paper or national attention or something? He then lists off uh, suggested names for himself. Um,
1: So is it, am, am I an asshole for literally like feeling like the police is like, we don't negotiate with terrorists, Okay.
0: <laughs> well, you wait till you hear his names. So, some of the names that he suggested for himself were the BTK Strangler, which is stupid because if BTK is bind torture kill, it's bind torture kill strangler, which is dumb. Um, yeah. the Wichita Strangler, the Wichita Hangman, Wichita B- Hangman. Yep, yeah, the like Asphyxiator. My-
1: Okay, that just sounds like a really bad porn name.
0: Uh, and the piece de resistance, the Garot Phantom. Wow. Uh, and of course, BTK. Uh, he demanded media attention in this letter and it was finally announced that Wichita did indeed have a serial killer. Um... (laughs) I'm laughing because this this party is an idiot. So he had included a poem enclosed called "O oh Death to Nancy," which was a parody to the lyrics of the American folk song "O oh Death." And I actually really like that song. <clears throat> So like, but again, this guy's a boob, and he has no original thoughts. Um, so fun fact: um, on my TikTok the other day, somebody
1: doing a cover of "O Death" was on there.
0: I love that song because it's so creepy. So, (laughs) I'm sorry. So he claimed to be driven by this dark force that he referred to as Factor X. Okay, Powerpuff Girl. <laughs> um Yeah, I, I can't. Um And he said he characterized it as a supernatural element. That he believes also motivated H.H. Holmes, Jack the Ripper, the son of Sam, and the Hillside Strangler murders. Okay, Dennis. (laughs)
1: Like you do you boo. Now, in
0: 1975 and 1978, Dennis had a son in in 75 and and a daughter in 78. This is why I think he had that lapse between his murders. Because, remember, his first ones were in 74, his son was born in 75, the next ones were in 1977, his daughter was born in 78, and then he doesn't kill again until 1979. He kills a woman. um, Oh, no. He doesn't kill her. I'm sorry. This is the one... Okay. So, in 1979... Now, this is super creepy, right? He waited for Anna Williams. But he took... She took too long to come home that day. So, two months... Right. So, two months later... Anna learns, um, that she could have almost died because she received several of her personal items in the mail, along with a poem titled, Oh Anna, Why Didn't You Appear? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? Use the fuck out of me. Like, could you imagine getting that in the mail? When all these murders are going on? Like that would just Yeah. So in 1984, Chief Lamun established a task force devoted what to Dennis.
1: Yeah. Huh? What a fucking name.
0: Right? Well, get this guy. He was cool as shit, at least to me. Uh he nicknamed the task force the Ghostbusters. Yes. Um, now, this task force included a young officer named Ken Landwehr. Again, with the names. Right. Who will spearhead later efforts to track down BTK. Um, and he really went the extra length to, like, carefully organize and preserve valuable evidence, which, for that time period is amazing.
1: Right, that's fucking
0: (laughs) Now, in April 27th, 1985. Marine. I wanna say it's marine hedge. <clears throat> <coughs> Fuck! Alright. It's my allergies, I swear. Um I mean, we're not in the same room together, so it's okay. <laughs> I know, but like I'm sure they're tired of listening to me clear my throat.
1: <laughs> I'm just um, saying. Don't- She's not exposing me to anything. We're literally like <laughs> I think a good like five states away.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's just I like I've been like my nose has been runny all day and like I, I'm I probably am still a little sick from the sinus infection. I'm still like draining. sure. Um hold on. Um, so, Marine Hedge was a widow and she was found at now this means absolutely nothing to me but if you live in Wichita I'm sure it will uh east 53rd no- street north between North Webb Road and North Greenwich Road um Dennis had cut her phone line just like he had done before and went through the back door. He realized no one was home and so he waited in her bedroom until he saw a car pull into the driveway. <clears throat> <coughs> now, Mar Marine and another man walked into the house. So, Raider waited in the bedroom closet until 1 a.m. so that the man would be gone and Marine had gone to sleep, which is terrifying. Did he watch the hanky panky? I gu- he had to have. <laughs> now, which probably got his uh, his you know weirdo juice box flowing. What got his gross. hanky ghost? Um. now he came out of hiding he turned on the bathroom light and jumped on top of Marine and choked her to death
1: I'm sorry I just get this really weird vibe of like, or like this weird image of like when you were a kid and you used to try to scare your parents
0: yeah and he just like ah,
1: fuck you like you turn on the light and then you're like eh.
0: <laughs> now once she had died he dragged her body outside and put it in the trunk of his car and he went to the church that he, like, attended regularly because he what? had keys stop. to the building. Like, stop
1: kidding, like getting all these this evidence pointing to you, you dumb fuck.
0: Right. So then he put pla- black plastic over the windows so no one could look inside and he dragged her body to the basement of the church. He then photographed her body in multiple different poses before putting her body back in the trunk of the car and dumping her in a ditch along the road. That was unnecessarily complicated. Right. Like, ugh. Now, September 16th, 1986, Vicky... And I'm going to fuck this name up, and I'm so sorry. Wegerly. uh, Was a 28-year-old wife and mother, and she was described as a calm, quiet person who never raised her voice. She was said to have loved children and enjoyed visiting with other mothers and talking about parenthood. Um... Dennis, being the original butt face that he is, called Vicky his project piano because she loved to play the piano. And he heard her music as he stalked her for three weeks. So on September 16th, 1986. Fuck. um, Dennis changed into his hit clothes, which were clothes that he would put on and get rid of afterwards. And he got to Vicky's house just before lunch. For whatever reason, I'm like, Dennis loved to attack during the day. Which is kind of dumb because I feel like that would have put him more at risk to get caught. Um. Now he carried a briefcase and he wore a Southwestern bell hat. To pose as a telephone repairman to scope out the surroundings, um, and he also went to nearby homes and told the people that he would be working on the phone lines, and that's why he'd be there.
1: <sighs>
0: now Dennis approached Vicky's home and heard her playing inside the piano um, with her two-year-old son, and because he said he was the phone man. She let him inside to check the line. Um, Once inside, he actually used like this fake tool to like pretend he was checking the phone lines like an idiot. He then pulled out a 357 Magnum and ordered her on into the bedroom. Um, Apparently, she started screaming and crying and he told her to shut up and that he was going to tie her up.
1: What a douche.
0: Yeah. Now, Bill Wurgley is Vicky's husband, and he returns home for lunch. And he found his son sitting by himself, and Vicky was dead in the bedroom. Wow. Um. Her husband became the primary suspect. I mean, I can understand why. Um. Not that I agree with it, but, like, <clears throat> get it. Dennis didn't take credit for her killing until March 2004. The fuck why? I have no idea. Um. But he sent. Um. Let me see. He sent her driver's license, a copy of her driver's license, and pictures of her body to the Wichita Eagle. So, well, yeah. Um. Now, on Ma- January nineteenth, nineteen ninety-one. So I do have to say something before I go any farther. So that one was at eighty-six. This is a ninety-one. So, he is a very rare serial killer. I will give him that. And the fact that he has some semblance of self-control because he can go such a long period without killing. Which sucks because that's what made it so hard to catch him. Yeah. So, on January 19th, 1991, Dennis came up with an excuse to leave a Cub Scout meeting. <clears throat> he drove his car to his parents' house to change out of his scout uniform and into his "quote unquote" hit clothes. Um, he then drove to Baptist to the Baptist Church in Park City to park his car and walk to the house. Wow! Yeah. Um. So he got to the house of Dolores Davis.
1: You're going to say Dolores Day and I was about to be like, the fuck?
0: (laughs) No, Dolores Davis. And he waited outside until he saw that she was asleep. So he went to the back of the house where there was a glass door. And broke it with a cement block he found. So Dolores came out of her bedroom and obviously was like, what the fuck? Why the fuck was there a cement block? (laughs) I have cement blocks around my house. For like lining the my gardens
1: with.
0: Oh, okay, fair enough. Um so again he used the same I'm a criminal, I need money, I need a car, and I need food. And then and then he said he was going to tie her up. Um but of course he tied her up and strangled her to death. Dennis then took her body and put it in the truck of her trunk of her own car. He drove to a me? lake. What?
1: Is it bad that I'm, like, more mad at him for also lying? Not even just killing people. But you also
0: have to lie to them. Because that was... Uh, he got off on that, though. Like, that was... Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm even more mad at you because you also lied. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <me>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, So, he drove to a lake near Park City and hid her body and some evidence under some trees. He then drove the car back to her house wiped it down for fingerprints, and then left to go back to the church. He eventually goes back to where he hid the co- the body, puts it in his trunk, and dumps the body under a bridge in Sedgwick County. Dennis then went back what? to get his scout uniform and returned back to the scout meeting. What the fuck? The following night, he went Back to where he left the body and took pictures of it. (laughs) Why he does this, I have no fucking clue. Like, you Um, do it
1: for no fucking reason.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So, from 91 until 2004... Dennis was in hiding and no one heard from him, like no media heard from him for over 10 years. But yeah, which is also crazy. But on the 30th anniversary of the Otero murder, the Wichita Eagle newspaper ran an article about the crime and about BTK. Um, and a book by robert Beatty came out about the nightmare that haunted wichita kansas aka btk but this really pissed dennis off because they thought that they were he was trying to they were trying to tell him his story rather than him telling the world his story idiot okay so on now this again this is where uh, he's not original okay
1: yeah, I think we know that by now.
0: Well, on March 17th, 2004, Devin, Dennis mailed a letter to the Wichita Eagle on, with an undercover name, Bill Thomas Kilman. Ha! <laughs> ha! 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 Yeah. Sorry. So in the envelope, there were. This is the envelope that had the photocopies of Vicky Virgil's driver's license and her body. And then he signed it with the same signatures that had been used in his previous letters to the um, Wichita Eagle. Um, The letter was sent to the FBI and the investigation on BTK started again, hitting the media and the internet. So, bananas. Um, Dennis sent another letter on May 5th, 2004 to KAKETV. And it was a word puzzle. Um again this is very so original zodiac um on june 9th 2004 he left a package taped to a sign in the middle of the city which had a gruesome description of the otero murders and a sketch of a dead body hanging by a rope he titled the sketch the sexual thrill is my bill on june 17th 2004 Why, dude? I don't know. (laughs) On June 17th, 2004, there was another package labeled BTK that was found outside of the Wichita Public Library. In this letter, Dennis explained that time was running out for him and he wanted to wait for the right time for his next hit. Um, Okay, Dennis. (laughs) The fifth item that Dennis dropped was on October 22nd, 2004, and it was found by a UPS driver. It was a collage of children with bindings drawn across their bodies and faces inside of a manila envelope. It also contained an autobiography that listed false details about BTK. What the fuck, dude? So, like, he was, like, correcting them. For example, the year he was born and the area that he lived in, because uh, he was trying to mislead police, uh, just eight days after Dennis became the president of the church council at the Christ Lutheran church, Lutheran church, there was a special K box with markings BTK and bomb in the back of a pickup truck. Inside the box was information on his projects that he had watched or stalked along with a more misleading, even more misleading information. Also inside the box was a question asking if there was a floppy disk made, if it would be able to be traced back to the computer he used it on. Um, Later, the police replied no, which is a lie. Um, so the next clue was found on another cereal box on January 25th, 2005, after he sent directions to KAKETV on where to find the box. Inside the box was a doll with a rope around its neck and tied to a pipe. Simulating the murder of Josephine Otero. So, garbage person. Uh, now the 10th drop, because this guy will not quit... (laughs) <laughs> was a postcard that arrived on G- on February third, two thousand five, that was sent to K A K E T V, saying that he was going to send a floppy disk. <clears throat> so doesn't date us. Nothing will. Facts. And if you don't know what a floppy disk is, fuck off. But um, no, if you know what floppy disk is. You're probably too young to be listening to this podcast. Facts. Uh, <laughs> So, the eleventh drop was found thirteen days later at the studio of k s a s TV. Um, and the police were able to actually um, trace the floppy disk back to the church of the Christ Lutheran Church under the name Dennis. Oh man. They looked they went to the church and found the name of their president, Dennis Raider. Uh, They drove past his home one day, an undercover vehicle, and saw his car uh, that they had seen in security cameras previously because he liked to drive his own car. Because he's a dumbass. Because he's a dumbass. Now, the police asked his daughter Carrie for a DNA sample stating it was for medical record. But in reality, it was the police trying to match the semen found in past crimes left by BTK. Mind you though, I feel like that might have been kind of illegal. It kind of what? Kind of illegal, isn't it? Yes and no. Okay. It just feels kind of illegal. I could be wrong. Because, hold on. So we said, let me do some math real quick.
1: Yeah, depending on what age she was, I guess I should say.
0: So she was 27 when they did this. Okay, I guess it's not really. So She wasn't a minor. And they weren't using it to get her. They were using it to get him. So did they obtain his DNA on false? No. But they they were skating the line on that one. Right, I was gonna say that's a real,
1: like...
0: that. That's a real, like, they were nitpicking the details right um so on February 25th um oh shit I closed out of something I didn't want to close out of hold on bear with me technical prob it's not even technical problems it's user error well why'd you do that um I I didn't mean to um. Okay, I'm back where it was. All right. So on February 25th, 2005, the Wichita Police Department surrounded Dennis's car after he ate lunch at work and led him to a waiting police car where he was arrested. Um, The same day Dennis was arrested, he was taken to an interrogation room where at first he did not talk about anything. And then he went into like manic mode and like... just went nuts with the confession
1: told everything
0: yeah every little detail and his confession ended up being 30 hours long which is crazy now um, former FBI profiler Greg McCrary studied the Dennis case and he said BTK had committed such monstrous crimes that we wanted the guy to be a monster drooling and with one eye in the middle of his forehead but we look right through them because they fit in society so well so like if you look at Raider is he creepy yes but would you automatically assume that he is a murderer of 10 people no, you would just think he's a creep um so in dennis's confession he talked highly about his crimes and he it was almost like he was like boasting and prideful about what he had done and he loved the publicity so The next day, Dennis took his first mugshot and that's when he got the cue that the police were like, you motherfucker. (laughs) Like That's that's when you were like, oh, the police don't like me? (laughs) Really? Okay. So on March 1st, the public was finally able to see a live video of BTK receiving the charges against him. Um... so all right i don't want to get too far ahead of myself so um while he was on this live video having the charges read against him before he was found guilty or whatever the court had a lot of evidence against him right yeah and of course they found the mother load when they searched his fucking home Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure Because he had the original BTK letters, victim's driver's license, photos that were taken, cutouts from newspaper articles, artwork that was found in the cabinet of his home, and of course, the fucking diary that was like had all the like minute details of each crime. What a dumbass. Now, the Raider family. And friends were absolutely devastated, according to, like, the local paper that Dennis was the, was BTK. Because they never would have thought it was him or suspected it was him. And they never thought he was even capable of these crimes. Um... I feel like that's way too common. Yes. Um... Now, during his confession, uh, Dennis said that he was planning another murder, saying there was one picked out. I was thinking about it, but I was beginning to slow down. (laughs) Okay. You know,
1: just slow down a little bit.
0: Now, before his trial on July 26, 2005... His wife, Paula, was granted an emergency divorce, so she didn't have to wait the normal waiting period, which is awesome. Uh, In an interview with ABC News in 2009, Dennis's daughter, Carrie, said that she still writes to her father and has now forgiven him, but still struggles to reconcile him with the BTK killer. Stating that her childhood seemed normal and that they were a, quote, normal American family. Okay. Now, Dennis' Dennis's court case started on July 26, 2005. For all 10 victims, Dennis confessed with a lot of detail, no remorse, and he pled guilty. Family members of each victim were able to talk during his trial, um, dennis they told Dennis that they hated for him and how they'll never be able to see their loved ones again. And it was all his fault. After that, Dennis was able to give a statement where he talked for 20 to 30 minutes on what was supposed to be an apology. But he talked about himself. And he made it very obvious that he was not sorry for his action and that he loved the attention that he was getting. That's insane. On August 18th, 2005, um, he received 175 years, so basically life, um, You know, life or two. And get this. He will not be eligible for parole until 2180. (laughs) Which I love. They're like, oh, yeah, no, you can be eligible for parole in 2180. Bucker. (laughs) To be
1: fair, I could see him living that long just to be spiteful.
0: Um. And he's not allowed any access to materials that they believe would be any way related to his fantasies, which, again, I love. Um, And so on August eighteenth, two 2005, Dennis was taken to El Dorado Correctional Facility in El Dorado, Kansas, where he remains today unfortunately, he's still alive.
1: But, I mean, at least he's, like, in jail.
0: Yes. So, that's what I have to say about BTK. I'm not a fan of him. I know, like I said, if you guys want to hear more of a detail, um, go over to Morbid Podcast. They did, like, a two-part episode for him. I just didn't want to give him that much airtime. <laughs> um and I kind of wanted to do him because I kind of remember this when I graduated cuz I graduated high school in 2005.
1: I was only in 5th grade.
0: <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um and like I said, I do want to apologize her, I know this is going to be late. Usually, I I release episodes in the morning. Um, and i
1: apologize for any background noise. The baby decided to finally wake up halfway through.
0: Well, and I'm and honestly, we could have recorded another episode last week, but stuff happened with Kate, and then I didn't follow up. <laughs> so we just kind of let I it slide. Feeling good, so. I no, still, I still and i'm still I'm still not. and i it's I haven't gone a day yet without crying, so there's that. Um, okay. So I don't know when I'll be able to like be somewhat semblance of my usual self, but we're just gonna keep trucking. Um, you know, and as always, we've got the hot mess witchy Express Instagram. You can message us there and tell us if there's any cases you want to hear. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep picking them out of my ass. Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah. I have no idea what Kate's going to do this week. I'll just None. say it's something from the UK. Oh, perfect. Um, But as always, if you can't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love anybody else? Can I get an amen? Amen. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. It is. <laughs>